0: Welcome back to another episode of Into the Combine. I am Jason. I'm Shadi. And we have a special guest with us. Go ahead and uh, introduce yourself there.
1: Uh, hi there. I'm Phil. Uh, <laughs> I'm host of Phil's Breakfast Metal Podcast uh, and kindly being invited on the show tonight. <laughs> yeah, we had to
0: replace Stan. He's still at home with uh his little baby uh what like a month old now maybe
2: yeah i mean dude his time is flying if it's already a month so that's, um, yeah
0: we checked in today and he said the baby is what did he say um he had, it had already the, he had already flipped yeah. over it and holding oh. its head up it has the ha, it has a neck of
2: corpse grinder <laughs> <laughs> mind you the girl or it is a girl yeah so i, I was <laughs> in my head i was like oh stan <laughs> but i was also at the same time be like yeah fuck yeah stan <laughs> <But> <laughs> so hopefully it doesn't grow up to look like uh, corpse grinder but <laughs> yeah oh we got a backpedal real quick though we have uh, phil in the drive um there's a file in there that's it's your name final i need you to listen to that because uh that's uh, your <laughs> intro music
1: Oh, this is incredible. (laughs)
0: Oh, what an idiot,
3: Dan.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know what his thought process behind it was, but he <laughs> sent it over to me, and I wanted to have the same you know, reaction that you two both had. I wanted to share that joy <laughs> with you two on the air, but he was like, no, dude, somebody has to listen to it to tell me if it sounds like shit or not. And I'm like, awesome. you don't make anything that sounds like shit. Everything you make always sounds at least half-ass decent, so... I listened to it, I had the same reaction. I loved it just as much as you two did, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, (laughs) so...
0: Uh, he was like, what is Phil like? So I just sent him your podcast and I sent him your band. <laughs> so he took that and made
1: that from it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Slow, disgusting death metal. That's that's about spot on.
0: <laughs>
2: so well, we thank you for being with us, Phil. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no problem at all. <laughs> How
0: about we'll use that as our breakdown of the week?
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that's actually, that's perfect.
0: <laughs> Since I procrastinated on this episode. So, um, yeah. So if you, if you guys out there haven't listened to Phil's podcast, I know we've talked about it before but phil's breakfast metal it's a badass podcast very in-depth you could tell us what do you do phil
1: so like basically we, we don't do current events or anything like that we basically just choose normally four albums uh an episode and just talk about them for about 10 minutes uh, each like really deep dive into like the history around it often like the whole history of the band in the context of like that one album so it does have that thing of if you don't know the band, then it might be a lot of us discussing something you're not used to. But yeah, it's just really in-depth and kind of mm-hmm. obsessing over the slight details of an album.
0: Yeah, just for any other metal nerds out there that want to get deep dive in. So it's awesome, especially if you want to learn more about a certain band. You guys always know your shit. So
1: Yeah, because we, we don't release that often. We tend to like research madly in-depth, but <laughs> yeah, we do like one a month normally. Yeah, oh, right wow. on. And then we'll. Hey up. Phil, oh, go I, ahead. John. I was
2: just going to ask if you could talk about maybe uh, your, some of your co-hosts. Like, are these longtime friends? You guys go to school together. How'd you guys meet?
1: So, um, like Rob, who's my main co-host, is someone I just met, like in Bristol, basically through the local metal scene, and um, oh, okay, we've ended okay. up just doing everything. We we formed a band together, which just was basically me and him playing guitar in my living room. And after every practice, we always ended up sitting around just discussing metal and playing each other's songs for like three hours. And we thought, oh, if, she, if we put some effort in and recorded this, this might be kind of interesting. Yeah, he might as so, well, Yeah, right? He's also the frontman of <laughs> Void Titan as well, My uh, my band.
2: <laughs> mm, okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, so go ahead, uh, break it down real quick though, Jason. What do we have for oh, yeah, okay. the so
1: listeners this episode? We don't know what we're doing because Stan's not
0: here, so we'll, uh, <laughs> we're all over yeah. the place. Yeah, um, it's,
2: it's kind of avant-garde <laughs> over here now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are, on this episode, we're just going to keep things kind of brief. We're just going to mainly talk about some new albums, what we're digging right now. And then I know me, uh, Shadi, and Phil, I guess all of us have been to a few shows, so we're going to briefly jump into that. And um, and then we'll have an interview with uh the vocalist of gorad uh at the end so stay tuned for that uh shoddy anything yeah. i know i mean you, you've been you've been sending me a lot of albums
2: yeah dude i've had a lot of stuff <laughs> i i mean i it was kind of hard figuring out what to bring to the uh to the plate here but one that came out last week i decided to bring was the new arsis album i think it's pronounced is it visitant vis I have I don't know I'm <laughs> I'm gonna get shit for this because <laughs> I don't know I, I don't remember that name but yeah but yeah I don't know if any of you aren't familiar with Arsis they were are a, a great band they've been around for quite a while now they've given us a lot of a lot of tech death. Um, I'm probably not doing this description any justice, but they've been around for a minute, but they haven't released an album for a while. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, man, it's back to their form again. I feel like Unwelcome, the last album that they had out was good, but it wasn't, it just wasn't as good as, you know, some of the shit that they had when they first were starting. Mm -hmm. So... I feel like this just returns the form I've only really listened to it about 5-6 times but I just keep going back like all I want to do is go back to it so I have a track in there if you guys want to listen to it Fathoms is the song I decided to bring All right. Um, okay, cool. if you guys haven't listened to it
1: no, I've not heard this yet
0: That was really, really fucking good, man. That was a good clip. That makes me want to go ahead and listen to the rest of it because I only heard the two singles. I thought they were good, and it made me a little bit excited. And that maybe even more excited.
1: Yeah, I, I thought that was really excellent. I've not really heard these guys before, but um, that gave me like a real Naglafar vibe.
0: <laughs> mm, okay, okay. I could I could see that. I mean, yeah. their older stuff, Phil, is like I always like I always kind of think of it as like um, half carcass and half? then I don't know mm. what shoddy half. There's a lot of like, carcass uh, that's worship the thing, in there, so, but there's
2: so many bands that have drawn influences from them that the water's so muddy. Like they're their own sound. Uh, mm-hmm. Dude, think about it, man. We have like, I mean, bands like Black Dahlia Murder have drawn heavily off of Arsis. Like, well, uh, well,
0: actually, it's probably like because they both draw from Carcass.
2: Th- well, that's true. I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. But I just, but I know what a you're saying. Though, there's speed w- that Arsis gave off earlier on that you know other bands really weren't diving into mm-hmm.
0: so but i mean it's but a celebration I, of guilt was right, always though. my favorite you're, right. one. you're
2: definitely right i know we were
0: talking about this on the patreon facebook group the other day is for me they always have like four or five really good songs per album but then like the whole album doesn't always stand up so i'm kind of curious to hear how this one if it's a good listen full through
2: so, but did you feel that way about a celebration of guilt
0: uh, that's probably the only one where I would say that's just like a masterpiece you know that one's just a really good album Fall through but
2: okay okay I yeah. feel you
0: but yeah they just write such good songs such really like really really good songs but then sometimes it feels like there's some filler on the albums but yeah I like I would definitely check out all well, this new one obviously and then celebration of guilt
1: yeah with this kind of music it, I find a lot of these bands that do like kind of the cool melodic death metal I, I have the same issue of I really like a couple of tracks and then I get bored so I'd, I'd have to Whatever I'm gonna like this is gonna be if they vary up the formula a lot, I guess. Mm-hmm.
2: There, yeah, there is some good variety here. I will. I mean, you guys are. They. There is a little bit of filler. I mean, there's a couple of tracks on there that I feel like are a little meh. But it's mm. a long album, so I don't necessarily feel. I guess. I mean, because it's eleven, you know, songs. There's a cover uh, on there, so I guess ten real tracks. But I mean, the songs are. It's not like you know. I mean, it's forty eight minutes from start yeah. to finish. So, I mean, yeah, I, I get what you guys are saying, but I, I don't know. I still think think it's a good album. It's definitely a listen. Mm-hmm. I would. Def- I would. I wouldn't stray anybody away from getting it. I mean, it's their first album in a while, so yeah. I was just you know anticipating. Anything so, and I guess it lived up to my expectations. So I mean, we have guest vocals. We have Trevor Strand from the Black Dahlia Murder on track eleven, and we have uh, my favorite guitarist, Malcolm Puig from uh oh, wow. In Fury on track two. So yeah, there's some guest work going on here. That's uh, yeah, fun to listen to. I'm
0: glad you brought it in, Phil. I was just gonna ask you real quick, like what, because we kind of have an idea of all of our tastes. What would you say is your taste? Like, is this something that you would dive into? Because you know. So,
1: like, the kind of stuff I tend to like is, I, I like a lot of kind of older death metal, as particularly like the kind of weird proggy end of that and a lot of like more modern avant-garde black metal but i do get into the odd more melodic album but mm-hmm. the, it's kind of few and far between i dive into this kind of stuff yeah yeah
0: that's what i told stan he was like what does phil like when he was trying to make your song i was like <laughs> i don't know like he likes like the weird avant-garde stuff so I,
1: good luck stan
0: <laughs> uh, but all right phil let's go ahead and check out something you brought in man
1: cool cool um let's go with uh let's just go with clip one
2: You cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: wow. yeah that, was, that was a hard one to choose a like minute-long clip from. <laughs> Way to uh, raise the bar, man. Jeez. I know
2: <laughs> for Holy the clip. The <laughs> please tell me what that was. Yeah.
1: So th- this is an album I like I have not come across the band before actually. I picked it up like last weekend and just got completely obsessed. This is the new Panopticon album. Oh, the Scars no of Man on a Once Nameless <laughs> Wilderness one and two. And, yeah, it kind of completely blew me away. It was, um, I guess, like genre-wise, it's kind of Boris from that Wolfs in the Throne Room kind of black metal, but with a bit more of a folky influence and then, like, crazy guitar solos in places. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: so were you a fan of them before this album? I, I'd never heard the band before. Ah. i just, like, heard
1: a load of buzz about it and people saying, oh, it's got, like, a kind of Wolves in the Throne Room kind of sound, so... I listened to like the very first track and was like, oh, this is cool and just bought it straight off the bat. And yeah, it's kind of amazing.
0: I wonder if that's because, you know, you're from the UK and over here, that's like one of the biggest. Well, I guess I can't say it's one of the biggest US black metal bands, but they're pretty big as far as US black metal goes over here, you know?
1: Yes, I think I'd heard the name before, like, and I just never kind of got around to it. Like There's quite a lot of US black metal I kind of completely missed mm-hmm. Because there was this whole thing And I don't know how much this like translated in the US But I remember the UK like 10 years ago There was always the thing of Oh US black metal always sucks Which is right, obviously right. total nonsense But <laughs> it was definitely something Like a lot of local bands to me always like went on about so i've been really late getting into a lot of us black metal stuff
2: so phil what which, uh, which uh, song did you let us listen to
1: so that was track free, and i gotta butcher the title yeah. of this B- here. uh Blattyman. B- Blattyman yeah is
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so hold on a second i've had this album i think it came out around the same time that in Theory came out because i never listened to it it's in my library, just sitting here. But it's yeah, it 18 a jackass, songs long? Shot I you know, if you weren't a I jackass, a, I sent you the... Dude, it's an wait, hour and 59 wait. minutes
0: long. Yeah, but the other day on Thursday, I sent you their album before that, Autumn Eternal, and said, hey, have you ever heard this?
2: I think I listened to it and said, no, this is good <laughs> shit, and then put it on my list of stuff to listen to. <laughs> yeah, But Phil, it's is funny. this I the same album, it. an hour and 59 minutes? Is this... <laughs> is, yeah, we, so um, uh, this is what... Okay.
1: This is quite an interesting one as well, because it's a two-disc one, and I think they might have been mm. released separately, but I could be wrong. Oh, okay, well, and I
2: get it now. Wilderness 1, 2.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I should mention, disc 2 uh, really caught me by surprise, because disc 1 is kind of, like, that clip is kind of a good summary of it, although there's some interesting instrumental departures and spoken word bits and little bits of clean vocals. Then disc 2 goes into full-blown country music. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all acoustic guitars violins and Queen singing for the entire mm. second disc. Mm-hmm. And Enjoyable? I I quite liked it, but okay. it was... Because like, I had no idea that it was going to be there. I was listening to this, like, walking over from work. I was like, hang on, what the hell is happening? Like, it, it's definitely worth a listen. And disc one is brilliant, and it, it really sells the whole album. You've got a great hour of music if you completely ignore the second half. But I'd say the second half's worth a go. Considering this is a one man band, the guy does an incredible job of it. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry, Jason. I do remember you talking about this. Yeah, well, because
0: the the cool thing about this band and why it makes sense that he finally did this with like the double album thing is what's I think it's Austin Lunn or Austin Yeah. uh, Something like that. But I know he's a one man dude and he kinda they, they came on the scene with that Kentucky album, I think. It's called Kentucky. yeah 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 okay and he introduced a lot of like really american americana type of sounds like the banjo and and and, you know folky type things into black metal and that was kind of like everybody took notice on that so he's had that stuff in there but like this is the first time that he's full-on threw in some of that more like you know bluegrassy type of stuff on its own so I remember I listened to it. I think it came out in the in the summer or earlier in the year and I remember not really feeling it as much even though I love Autumn Eternal and I forget the other one, Road something. So but that clip was so good. Now I, I obviously Roads have to go to back. The north. Yeah, Roads to the North. I really like that one too. Yeah. So I, I got to go back and listen to this one now because that was really good. And I'm sure I'll like it. I think it was a mood thing.
1: Yeah, I, th- this is definitely an album you need to be in the right headspace for because it's, it's long and complex. There's a lot going on. And it does have that black metal rawness, which, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not always up for that sound.
0: Yeah, that, I think that was what it was. I remember listening to it and thinking everything sounded a little muddy, whereas on um, yeah,
2: I, was comment Eternal, about
0: I felt like the one before it had, had a production where you could hear things a little bit better. But it's probably something you just have to get used to because, there he's a great musician. I'm, I'm sure it's good. I need to go back and and, and give it another listen. Shorty, you I think you will probably
2: definitely d- yeah, dig oh, it. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna. I'm gonna listen to it for sure. All right, thank you, Phil. Yeah, good <laughs> pick. <And> fuck <laughs> good you, Jason. <laughs> and if, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, uh, uh, I guess it's time for Jason. The
3: weekly dose of danger.
0: So let's go ahead and uh do clip 1. Okay. okay. Alright, so that was Scorched, the song was Disfiguring Operations,
1: and the album is Ecliptic Butchery. Yes, yeah, so that was weird. For the first 30 <laughs> seconds, I thought I totally had a handle on that. Like, that sounded like just some <laughs> really, really decent, brutal death metal. But then it had what I'd describe as like a very corey breakdown that went on for quite a long time. I wasn't sure about that middle riff but then (laughs) he came back like once the guitar started shredding again i was i was really into it yeah i wanted to pick that clip because
0: they don't do that in every song but what is what i really like about this album is it it's really in line with the last few years of like the old school death metal revival sound but um they always they really know when to throw in a good like groove or a really solid like catchy riff and it would make it makes more sense in when you're listening to the full song because it's like right when you're ready for it, it doesn't work as well in a clip, you know, because you don't have that build to it. That kind of yeah. like, you know what I mean? Saying You know what I mean? Like where you get that release from all the chaos. Mm. So, but that's why I did want to put it in there because they, they really know when to just kind of go from, a, you know, more of the extreme chaotic stuff into something that kind of can catch your ear. So there's always something to keep you listening. And because uh, I feel like it's really hard in, in 2018, If you're going to put out an old school death metal album, it's got to be like top tier because we're getting such good albums, you know, the last few years. And I do think these guys deserve a place at the table, you know, with the rest of them, the two moles and the rest of them, you know, especially like this year, because I really, really like it. It's got a lot of variety in it. It's got atmosphere. They use a lot of like uh, intro clips that sound kind of like a a B movie and or just these, these quiet moments that kind of break up the tracks. The vocalist is really, really good. He throws in some, like, John Tardy types of vocals. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's on 20 bucks spin, and it's just, I, I really, really, really like it.
2: Yeah, dude, I was, uh, when I first started listening to it, I was like, God damn it, not no, you know, not more dirty fucking death metal. And then, it <laughs> changed, you know, did that change up that Phil was alluding to, and I, I liked it. I was like, oh, this is fresh. This is a little different. But then it went right back into the dirtiness, which I also enjoyed. So, yeah. I know yeah, what you mean. I've, I
0: totally get it. Like, I know I don't want to just bring in something that's death metal for the sake of it. You know, mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. now I'm really selective. I, like, I don't want just like a, a throwback that doesn't offer anything. But these guys, honestly, and it really is. It's a it's a full album. Listen, it took me like two listens through. And then I was like, man, this, they're doing something really cool. So I, I highly recommend it. I know we, there's a lot of just of this style death metal right now, but I do think this one is worth a full listen. If you like one anything. One more time, like, who is it again? Uh, Scorched.
2: Scorched. And the album?
0: Uh, e- ecliptic Butchery.
2: Okay, thank you. Sometimes the listeners don't hear as good, like yeah. me. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't hear well at all. Is it my turn? Yeah. All right, go ahead and listen to clip two, and then I'll, we'll talk about it. So that was Scalamold is how you say the band name, I think. And the album was Sojour, and what you guys listened to was Svrino. I'm butchering <laughs> all this shit, dude, because it's uh, they're yeah. from Iceland. So literally I you, the whole album name, it's like you got dots and all the weird like it's just it's I'm sorry, it's illegible to me. So I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name right, Scalamold. There's like two circles above yeah. the O it'll be and an then, it'll then be hyphen an over the A. No. So but it's great fucking Viking folk metal. What did you guys think?
1: Um yeah, that that sounded like I don't listen to a huge amount of folk metal, but that ticked a lot of the boxes I'd like in that it was super catchy, the like the production the sound of guitars was great, the vocals were really decent, like it sounds like it's got a good mix of cleans and screams in there. Yeah, from a short clip, that seemed really enjoyable. Like, how much do these guys vary up on the album?
2: So, that's what I was going to say. I feel like I picked a track that was 50-50 with, you know, the whole clean ballad-like type stuff with the screaming. It's definitely more of the deep vocals. That stuff only comes in there to highlight, you know, the growls and the heaviness. Hmm. So, I mean, they go into some ballad sections where it's like more of, it's not, I don't want to say ballad, but it's like that you know that folk type shit where they're it's either chanting or it's right up you know right before a battle is about to break mm. out so it's like the calm before the storm but then it breaks in so i feel like it's more screaming than it is the singing side so they of do
0: vary it varied up with some like more heavy riffing and stuff too
2: yeah so i mean i picked one that was maybe a little bit more like on the the brighter side of it but there's definitely more dude it's it's viking or what's it called it's it's yeah, it's it's honestly Viking folk metal and everything okay. is battled around like wars. Like you can I can envision myself like, you know, either going off to battle or sitting around a campfire, like you know what I'm saying? Like with my Viking brethren. So <laughs> and all of their music is supposed to be telling a story. So huh. But it definitely yeah, it gets harder. There's, you know, some songs where that it's, it's more chanty where you feel like you're, you know, just I guess trouncing through the battlefield, just waiting to you know meet your fucking (laughs) maker at the other side but some of them are you know more highlighted like the one that i just played where it's more of a victory song okay yeah
0: because you you kind of sold me then because i i liked it but i was like i would need something else besides what i just heard there you know to really get me in but from what you just described it sounds like something i probably like
2: yeah i feel i feel like you would like it i I I did not
0: dislike it it was just kind of like hmm, i just didn't know where to go with it
2: i feel you you know
0: but sounds good sounds good
1: All right, what else do you have, Phil? Cool, cool, should we uh, dive straight into my last clip then?
0: Such a fill pick. Can I guess no, I... it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, because I, I actually have had this on my uh, listening too late. I was thinking about. I didn't give it enough of a listen to bring it, but I think it's the Imperial Triumphing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's super good. I, but but I only listened to a couple of tracks, and I was like, I had never listened to them before. So maybe you can fill us in a little bit.
1: So yeah, they're a band. I I came across sort of the end of 2016 with their previous EP, Incest. They've been around since about 2005 and this is their like third album but they've done loads of eps in between and they're definitely of that like new kind of older gore guts worship school of like jazz infused technical death metal so there's a bit of artificial brain in there there's a bit of the kind Mm. of ulcerate completely confusing drumming that doesn't seem to hold a beat kind of thing going on Mm -hmm. and yeah, just like that, that kind of Wall of messy jazz-infused death metal.
0: Yeah, very jazzy. I mean, they, what is that?
1: Like trumpets going on and. Yes, yeah, so I think there's a whole horn section on this album. They've got four guest musicians playing like trumpet, trombone, and tuba. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I just was so talk-
2: weird, but so like awesome at the like i just wanted to keep listening especially with the horns do they bring the horns in more like later on
1: yeah so the the Uh, horns come back as like a kind of repeating motif through the album they're not on like every track but there's little bits of them to and fro and they they just make it more creepy
2: do we have horns with like the chaos at the same time
1: yeah there's moments of the horns coming over the top yeah not that's huge awesome. amounts, but it is in but there.
2: Th- that's enough. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: That's that's kind of what drew me into it. I, I listened on Bandcamp and I was like, wow, oh, that's kind of different. And then I I get exactly what you're saying with the gore guts and artificial brain. That that style that you, it's like, what are they doing right now? And it kind of just makes you keep listening.
1: Yeah, with the artificial brain, uh, like comparison, uh, Will from Artificial Brain actually does guest vocals on the second track from this mm. album.
0: Okay, see, I you know I I always used to think they were a black metal band for some reason, so. I'm glad you kind of cleared it up for us.
1: I think their older stuff was black metal, because when, yeah, when I was discussing them, people sort of corrected me and said, aren't they black metal? But like that hmm. particularly vile, vile luxury the new album really sounds death metal to me. Okay. like It's kind of jazz- portal.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I definitely see what you're saying. It was more like, yeah, that's what I used to always hear. I used to lump them in in my head as a black metal band, but very cool. I recommend it too. Like I said, I, I listened to it once and I wasn't really paying as close attention as I should have, but I just remember being like, oh, this is something I definitely want to come back to
1: so the other thing with them it's worth mentioning as well is like i really like the aesthetic the band's gone for now like i don't know if you've seen any pitch to them live but they sort of wear these long black robes with these like iron masks that kind yeah. of look like the kind of the figure from the metropolis film
0: <laughs> i think i fucked up they just came here I, I was talking to some dude at a show a couple of weeks back and he was like yeah Imper- imperial is coming this weekend. I kind of meant to go ahead and listen a little more to see if it'd be worth going, but I bet it'd be cool to see live.
1: I'd be interested to see how well they pull this off, because mm-hmm. they have seen guts and ulcerate, and those guys can nail down this hyper-complex sound. And, yeah, I think if you're going to do this, you've got to be able to bring it live, I guess.
0: Yeah, or else it's going to sound like a mess. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, that that would be amazing to see live, because I don't know how... I mean, I figure that what most of the horns and stuff are tracked in, but...
1: Yeah, I think they perform as, like, there's three of them, and I think they've just got, like, one additional guitarist, and then it's all backing track, I assume.
2: Mm-hmm. Cool.
1: Yeah,
0: well, I like it. Yeah, I'm mean, going cool, to definitely cool. check that out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, all right, and then
0: I've got one more for you guys. Phil, I think you already have heard this one since okay. I posted it a while back in our Patreon group, but, Shoddy, you gotta, there's going to be some weird vocals that you're going to okay. have to just accept all right <laughs> i don't know how you'll feel about it phil like because since he likes the stranger types of uh end of the spectrum don't
2: make fun of phil <laughs> i think he'll be <laughs> into it
0: but... i'm
1: normally quite open to weird vocals <laughs> so
2: yeah i just don't
0: know i was like i wonder if Shadi will like i don't know i feel like stan wouldn't like it. i don't know if you're gonna like it but maybe i'm wrong okay. so there's gonna be some weird vocals but you gotta just kind of let it play out okay That band is called Cult of Salem. Uh, that's their debut album. It's called Unhallowed Rites, and the track is called Anthem to an Outer God. So, Shadi, what you think?
2: Oh, <laughs> no. Okay, so I'm gonna be honest. I didn't hate it by any means. Especially mm. once the the you know the the growls came in, mm-hmm. the real vocals came in. I guess my question would be how much clean stuff is there yeah, on the I mean, album as a whole? There,
0: there's a lot, but it's a pr- uh, it's, it's a good mix though. And I mean, okay. I get it because I remember listening to it the first time and being like, whoa, you know, that's like very different vocal style. After, It's like a
2: majestic, man. It's not like it's horrible. It's just no, no, no. Yeah. not what we're used to.
0: That's what I mean. I mean, I think it's great. I really, really like it. It just, it, it catches you off guard if you're not into that sort of thing. It's almost, I'm sure fans of doom metal would be more accepting of that because you have bands that do that more often, you know, with that. And that's kind of, they kind of fall somewhere in that epic doom metal slash death, doom, uh, realm. It's like, I really don't know how to explain them since I don't listen to a whole lot of that style. But the only thing I can say is like a mix of like early candle mass and uh, paradise lost with some like HM two buzzsaw guitars thrown in there because They go from a track like this which is huge like just epic sounding with those like keys and it's like a six or seven minute song so it's really hard to find a good clip but yeah um, just like very emotional sounding but like heavy but then they'll go into like tracks that are way more on the death metal side and it's very buzzsaw sounding and they just switch it back and forth back and forth you know throughout and it's just the variety and the uniqueness that it just really sold me and i I have not heard anybody talk about this album, so I just felt like I had to bring it in.
1: Yeah, um, I, I actually gave this a listen beforehand. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Like, I I, I kind of like a lot of the Trad Doom, so I, I can get my head around that kind of really low, bombastic, uh, kind of clean vocals. And they do nicely mix it up between, like, the little bits of death metal that come come in throughout. Yeah, I, I thought this was a pretty solid album. It's, I wouldn't say by any means perfect. Like... There was a few bits I felt were like a little uninventive, like lyrically it's a bit dull and but like, it's not a huge deal or anything, but I, I like the tone of it, I like the riff seemed really huge and I, I do like the guy's vocal delivery. I think personally I'd probably like there to be a bit more of the death metal end in there, mm-hmm. but that's personal taste.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. I, I, I don't know, for some reason it's really working for me, like just fall forward, but I know, like, the lyrics, it seems like, are pretty much centered on, like, the Lovecraft type of a a theme overall. Is that what you got from it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was. I think it's just. I listened to a fair amount of stuff in the Death Doom stuff, but I think more kind of the extreme end of that. But, um, yeah, I don't know why. It's just something I sort of noticed looking through it. I was like, oh, I'm not. I'm not so into that, <laughs> the way they're presenting the Lovecraftian themes, but... Okay, it, interesting. I guess it's because there's great clean singing. You can actually hear the lyrics, whereas on mm-hmm. I to a low death metal, I couldn't tell you anything about um, Imperial Triumphant's <laughs> lyrics. Like, Yeah, yeah,
0: right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know, they've got a cool vibe to them. It's very, like, uh, I went on their Facebook and they're, like, I don't know, they have a whole aesthetic, you know, as well. Like, they, like they have masks that are, like, skulls and... Uh, I don't know. They're definitely taking it all the way, which I can appreciate. I like when a band throws it in there, so I'm sure they'd be kind of cool to see live.
1: Oh, yeah. That sounds If they got a good kind of image going along with it. That could be really cool.
0: Yeah. And it's their first album, you know, so I just think, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see where they go.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't realize it's the first one. Yeah, that's that's really impressive, actually, for a first release.
0: Yeah. So it's uh I know it's a unique one. I'm sure it won't be everybody's taste, but I really, really like it. So. All right. Does is there anybody anything else you guys have, or is that about it?
2: Uh, that's about it for me. Yeah, that's it for me.
0: All right. Well, before we jump into like what the, a couple of the shows we went to, so Phil, your band is called Void Titan. Yeah, Void Titan. <laughs> so just real quick, kind of like just tell us about it, and then um, maybe tell us like a track we could play. We'll throw it in here. Cool, cool. Um, yes.
1: Yeah, so we've been going for about two and a half something like, like years and it's formed by me and my friend Rob who Rob's a drummer and I'm a bass player primarily but we both learnt to do guitar and vocals for this so we could kind of have control of a project mm. and we finally got round to recording like our first EP and the aim we were going for is something that kind of mixed sort of the the aesthetic and slowness of a lot of funeral doom stuff we liked, kind of things in the Triptychon, Ahab, Evoken kind of vibe. But also we really love like a lot of old school death metal and Swedish death metal. So we try to get a bit of that sound in there, just nowhere near as fast. So like there's a bit of like entombed and like early death I some people have compared like some of our songs to. And it's all centered around the fact like Rob is a excellent death metal vocalist. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we're we're all kind of everyone in the band's quite new to um, new to recording, and like the first EP, we tried to we went to a half decent studio for it, but um, we tried to make it sound as raw and close to live as possible. In hindsight, we might have made it a bit too raw, but like sort of, for example, pretty much every bit of guitaring and vocals on it is the total first take. Hmm. Um, I think uh, probably a good example of our sound is if you go for the kind of the track named after the band void titan yeah skip it in a bit because it's just like it's about a minute and a half build up we definitely went for the long form kind of it's a free track ep and there's two nine minutes long songs on it
0: okay yeah right right (laughs) yeah okay yeah we'll we'll play it because i i I did i listened to it a couple times i thought it was great man
1: oh cool thanks a lot
0: yeah no i thought it was really cool i liked uh it was it was unique because i'm not the biggest fan of the slower stuff and but you guys really did mix in a lot of the elements. So I feel like it has something for fans of different types of the death metal, doom metal, you know, kind of
1: mixes a little bit each. Yeah, we, we've had an interesting thing sort of because we've been gigging a lot recently of just trying to find the right bands to play with because we play too quickly in places for a lot of the stoner kind of doom gigs. <laughs> but then death metal gigs, we're kind of a bit too slow. So yeah, right. it's, it's interesting.
0: Right, right. That's probably a good thing though. that means you're doing something different.
1: I hope so. <laughs>
2: Enjoyed that, Phil. I'm definitely gonna, you know, listen to the rest of that and pick up the other two tracks because I was enjoying the vocals there.
1: <laughs> cool, that,
2: cool. That, yeah, yeah, it was Rob. Is that his name?
1: Yeah, yeah, Rob. That's
2: some brutal shit coming out of his uh, windpipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a little slow for me. I'm just not the biggest Death Doom guy, but I mean, for you, I'm definitely gonna give it a listen because yeah I, and i dude i got to see your you know your mug because i looked at your i spied on the facebook so <laughs> <laughs> it's just awesome to know who i'm talking to now that's cool that's cool <laughs>
1: yeah i, I think uh, that one might be a bit slow for you but we do speed up in places so exa- maybe and every i was feeling
2: it you- yep i was feeling it i was feeling it and with it being nine minutes it's gonna it's gonna have some variability you're not gonna yeah. do that for nine minutes i know you so
3: <laughs> yeah well, i yeah. don't know
2: you but i know you wouldn't do that so <laughs> 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 who would do that yeah no,
0: respect, too. I mean, yeah, recording oh, sure. recording like that, just keeping it natural, I think that's badass.
1: And
2: Dude, I was just envious looking at those pictures of you guys in the studio. That's always <laughs> yeah, been yeah. a dream. I mean, shit, you playing live gigs, that's always been a dream. Yeah, yeah so well,
1: awesome. we've been lucky enough to support Necro already. That's, oh, right. Wow. that's right. That's
2: awesome, dude. Fucking, that's I'm awesome. going to live vicariously through you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, let' dude,
0: I want to hear about... You went to Damnation Fest this weekend?
1: Yeah, so um, this has been like basically like a yearly excursion for me for the last four years. Damnation is this really cool festival in Leeds, which is like a day in Leeds Uni. They've got four pretty decently set-up stages, and it's like 12 hours of music from 12 till 12. And mm. I think it's normally about 32 bands. Oh, wow. This year, it was like really on the death metal end of things. So we had like... And now Nafrak, Near um Eshon was there, um, Napalm Death headlining, Cancer played. So it was just this really, you know, cool lineup. I've got to say, in comparison to previous years, it was a bit disappointing this year. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, as I say, like, there's a lot of these big death metal bands. So often I go there and watch a lot of the smaller stuff and miss a lot of the main stage. This year, I pretty much wanted to see stuff on the main stage all day. And the sound on the main stage was absolute crap for most of it. Uh, I mean, that's the, that's
2: worst. the worst. Yeah, that's the worst. Like, can they not hear that? Fucking fix it. I d-
1: I don't know what was happening, but it was like three. So one of the first bands I saw on the main stage, I think they were the first one on, were Cancer, who you know recently sort of reformed and released and like released a new album and doing stuff again. And they I didn't even climbing- know they did that. Yeah, it's ju- like just come out and. From the strength of the live stuff, it might be really good. I definitely would dive into it, but um, they their guitar was a bit quiet the whole time. Like, I've always a really cool set of like very stripped back old school death metal but then Mm -hmm. Nia is played afterwards, who you would expect to be this, like, perfect, um, just absolutely perfect sound. I've seen him twice before.
2: Yeah, it has to be that way, or else you can't hear shit, nothing comes through.
1: Exactly, exactly. I've seen him twice before, even at Damnation, actually. And they sounded incredible. But with this, there was, like, no audible guitar. Oh, oh God. That, like, seriously, who are they hiring for this? I have no idea. The singers, the, the screen vocalist, Mike, kept cutting out every couple of oh, minutes. Oh, God. Um, so, skipping over the stuff that didn't really work then, like, an Al Nafrak was entirely kick drums and nothing else. Oh, God, yeah. Um. I saw... Sayor Or or, or I don't know how you pronounce that Yeah I was just looking at the
0: lineup On the website And I was just going to ask you If you saw them Because that's
1: like a dream of mine To see them So the consensus of most of the friends I went with was They were like one of the real highlights of it Mm. Um, So they Like live They're a five piece With like You know your standard guitar Two guitars Bass, drums, vocals But then they have an additional violinist Mm -hmm. And they sounded really big live Mm -hmm. didn't come across whereas some of their album stuff maybe comes across a bit too cheesy in places live it didn't have it live it was pretty heavy but still really kind of catchy and melodic their sound was absolutely perfect like the whole band performed really well yeah it was, it was a great set unfortunately because i was watching the oblivious I only caught the second half of it but okay, like, my girlfriend yeah. and friends i went with said it was amazing
0: yeah i'm jealous because they were one of my favorite albums of i don't know if it was 16 or 17 but I know they don't play a lot live, so that's
1: cool, man. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Uh, And other highlights, like, they saw the sound on the main stage towards the end. We saw Napalm Death to close the festival, and if you've ever seen it before, you kind of know what you're getting with Napalm Death, but it's it's always amazing. Like, they're perfectly tight. It's fucking crushing, and... Interspersed with Barney just talking about being nice to each other, which is kind <laughs> of an incredible yeah. contrast.
2: Yeah, it's always so good. But so
1: was that probably the was that maybe the best band of the night? Or for me, especially because it was the one where I caught the whole set. That was that was the moment. Where I was like, okay, this was really cool. Oh no, actually, I've forgotten the best band, and I don't know how. It's pretty cool because I'm recording late at night. Just before them was uh, Vader, and Vader were fucking <laughs> incredible. They did this really cool thing where they played a track or like one or two tracks of the first five albums start like going kind of chronologically from the first up to, up to Revelations and it was amazing hmm. watching the evolution of Vader's sound happening That's live. That's
2: so awesome. That's so fucking awesome. And like, yeah, I've never go- heard of that
1: before. No, I, I, it's such a unique idea. I was like, more bands should do this because it really works. I Not guess something you c- you'd expect from like Vader to do that. <laughs> Vader are weird because they. I've seen them before, and they occasionally do like weird retrospective sets. Like I once okay. saw them; they played like a whole album and EP from early on in their career in full. Wow. It, wow. <laughs> Yeah, they're, okay. quite, they're quite an old band. Like that particular one, I was like, I don't actually like that album as much. I was a bit disappointed. Yeah. But this was amazing. Like real highlights where they played like uh, Wings and Cold Demons off of Litany. And those crush as hard as they did when they came out. It's it's utterly amazing. But yeah, Vader is yeah. such a good live band these days.
0: I'm sure Stan would be pretty jealous to hear that. I know he's yeah, like he a big Vader be, fan. He would be. <laughs> All right, uh, Shoddy, I know... So, it was a while ago, but you did... Oh, no, you went to two shows. Shit. Yeah, so just, I went,
2: yeah two shows. Yeah, so what what's you been doing? So, I seen Inferior a while back. In terms of sound quality, I mean, dude, honestly, you got the CD, but the energy that the, the singer Sam gave off when he was on stage, dude, he was like a fucking... He was like a crazed man. He literally I thought running all was a all new over. vocalist now. It wasn't. It is a new vocalist. His name oh. is yeah, Sam. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if the last vocalist, his name was Sam as well. Yeah, I, I, I have no was. idea. But I mean, this guy's just—he's a fucking—he's a maniac. He's an animal. He's running all over the stage. He's jumping around. He has the energy of a thousand children. And the vocals, are I feel like he honestly sounds better live than he does on the CD, just because. I don't know. He's just real talented with the way that he controls. Well, that's the thing. Far... I think it's
0: a new vocalist now than what's on the CD. That's what yeah. I heard for this tour because the other dude left.
2: Oh, well, then I, I have no idea who the fuck it is now then. Yeah, okay. you're right. Yeah, you're right. And that's a credit. He's just being credited for the CD still, but I don't know what his name is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whatever. This. He's just, he's fucked up, man. Like the way that he controls his screams with his positioning of the mic, with how far away, you know, away it is from his mouth. So, I mean, I've seen other people do it, but it just came across so well through the mm-hmm. house speakers there. That place doesn't sound like where I've seen it at. The venue, It's I would consider it like it's like a 6 out of a 10 sound quality-wise. Usually stuff is on the shittier side than the good side, but they sounded fucking amazing. I mean, it was seriously... I mean, I caught a, a glimpse of one of the guitarists. His dude, the crowd was into it. It was. I mean, they were like the second band to go on. And it had that headline feeling, like people were into yeah. it. I mean, the singer did a lot to energize the crowd. But I mean, I caught, you know, not Malcolm, but the other guitarists, I forget what his name is, but he'd just, like, look out at the crowd and then, like, oh, Mike is his name, but he'd start looking out at the crowd and, like, you just start, like, he'd just, like, laugh. Like, you just, like, see him, like, smiling or something. Like, I don't, like, dude, you can just tell that they're on the way to something. Like, mm-hmm. especially just the presence of the crowd there. Like, I was so happy. I was pissed that they only played five songs. There was four from the new album and then one from the old album. But, yeah, man, That's it's cool, tight though. as fuck. Sounded awesome. All the solos ripped through. It was just... It was a great show.
0: Um, But, no, I really want to hear about this At The Gates show because yeah, I'm going to so, that on Wednesday. And did you did you get to see all three bands? Wolves in the Throne Room, Behemoth, At The Gates?
2: Yup, yeah. Wolves in the Throne Room, At The Gates, and Behemoth. Yeah. Uh, So, I'm not the biggest Wolves in the Throne Room fan. I mean, they were good there. But it was, again, I mean, they didn't sound the greatest because it was... The same venue, pretty much, that I seen in Inferia, and it just, I don't know, man, it's just weird the way that shit bounces off the walls. Like, if you're not in the right spot, it's just a little weird, but, I mean, I was, you know, chilling towards the back. I was with a buddy, so he wasn't really into Wolves on the Throne Room either, so we were listening, but we were just kind of off, you know, in the back by the bar area, Mm. but At the Gates came on fuck my life like (laughs) i mean (laughs) like i don't really i'm not gonna waste too much time because there's really no word like it's just it's fucking at the gates dude like yeah they sound good still i mean they still feel young when they're up there yeah uh (laughs) i mean yeah it's just a great show dude i got i mean they played cold suicide nation um i'll do i mean what what song do you want to listen to they played it i think they only played two songs off the new album four songs off of um I'm like fucking drawing a blank right now. Uh, what was the album that came out in 2001? At War with Reality. Yeah, At War with Reality. Yeah, they played about four songs off of that and then five songs off of uh, Fuck My Life. I'm so excited <laughs> I can't even think. I'm serious. <laughs> uh, I, uh, uh, Slaughter of the Soul. Yeah. Yeah. So they obviously did play Slaughter of the Soul. And what's the first album or what's the first song off that album called? Blinded by Start, Fear. Yeah, Blinded by Fear. They played that as well. So wow. it was truly an amazing set list. It was... I mean, the crowd fucking loved it. Everybody was into it. Um, yeah. The, the energy was ridiculous, dude, especially during, like, Suicide Nation. Mm. It was just... I mean, especially with the gun click in the beginning. Like, <laughs> I didn't know if they were going to do that with the times now. Like, I, you, you, you know how it is. Like, people are just a little fucked up. People are a little sensitive. But that came on, and then everybody just started running towards the pit. It was just <laughs> fucked up. It was... <laughs> I wished you guys were there with me. It would have been awesome. So oh, dude. not that it I wasn't awesome with the wait. person I was with, but it was just the ender. Like I would have threw Stan. He would have been crowd surfing me and he would have just picked <laughs> his ass up. Like, fuck him. He's going up there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was great. And then behemoth came on. Um, don't get me wrong, I love Behemoth. I probably should have brought up that album. That's one I've been listening to. I have some gripes about it. It's okay. Some songs I hate. Some songs I love. <laughs> Typical Behemoth album. Yeah. But dude, the major issue I have with Behemoth, and I hate saying this about my you know my fellow brethren, but like the metalheads that it brings out, like people just. Take their fucking phones out. And, like, I understand it's Behemoth. You're not going to, like, mosh and do, you know, like, what you would do during At The Gates. But the vibe between At The Gates and Behemoth was literally, dude, like, night and fucking day. Like, At The Gates was the metal show I want to be at. For Behemoth, we might as well all have had fucking seats to sit in. Mm -hmm. And I honestly couldn't see for the first two songs because I'm, I mean, I'm 5'10", whatever. I'm an average height. People in Atlanta are a little bit taller, I I feel feel like. like. And then everybody had their goddamn phone out. So I know Joke Dude watched the first two songs through some asshole's phone. (sighs) Because I I couldn't... I seriously, dude, I couldn't fucking see. It's really interesting
1: you say that about... um like, the people not moshing to Behemoth. Because I remember I first saw them at Hellfest years and years ago. This is like, long pre-The Satanist. And it was Mm -hmm. one of the most violent mosh pits I've ever seen. Like, so I think there's something, because they've changed up the sound and become more melodic, especially on the last two albums.
3: Back in the Demigod
1: era, it seemed like they were quite a violent kind of crowd reaction band
2: phil we could have had fucking tea and crumpets in the middle of the goddamn pit man no joke it was seriously like i mean well that's the thing is we would have had to fight and that's another thing too man and i don't know where all these people were during at the gates because honestly motherfuckers all showed up out of the woodwork and then it was literally just packed like, just fucking <sighs> packed with people. I mean, you had girls sitting on dudes' shoulders. It was just packed with humans. Like, you couldn't have... There wasn't... A pit couldn't have formed if it wanted to. Uh, because no. there was just people there. So... I guess, I
0: mean, you got to remember, like, they really blew up after the Satanists. Dude,
2: dude, dude, yeah. They, like, they I just mean, came
0: off a tour with Slayer, Testament, you know, uh, whatever whoever else was on that tour.
2: Yeah, and then, I mean, they went on a tour right after that. Oh, it was uh, Lamb of God. Well, yeah, yeah we've seen them on that yeah, tour. Yeah, we've see. Yeah, we seen them with that tour. But, yeah, I mean, I, I understand it. I, I get it. I know that they're big. But you get what I'm saying? I just feel like that literally could have just been a Behemoth show. Or if Behemoth wouldn't have been there, I guess is what I should say, none of those people would have showed up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess At The Gates drew people. But, like, I don't know. I feel like you were either in one of two camps. You came for At The Gates or you came for Behemoth, and then you just stayed around so
0: yeah that's a weird That's a bummer too because i know what you mean i mean sometimes a crowd really can make or break a show
2: yeah i mean i mean and yeah the my the the person i was with felt the same thing he was just like what's with all these phones and i mean dude and then another thing too that pissed me off i guess during at the gates there were people talking like i could hear oh, human God. beings talking over the house speaker i had to move Why did you slap the, them no, the dude was, a, dude was a girl. It was like two. Well, it was a, I don't it care. Was two, it was two females. Care. And that's again, again why I hate saying this because I'm going to probably catch some shit for it. But those are probably Behemoth fans. They weren't there to see At the Gates. They weren't there to see Wolves in the Throne Room. They mm-hmm. were there to see Behemoth to watch Barzabelle. So yeah. I don't know. That's like, a little sexist. It's well, it could have been anybody. It could have been the male. But you know what? They were talking
0: during at the gate, so it is or whatever dude, yeah, you're you saying. Do
2: not you do not like <laughs> seriously do during slaughter. Of the you do not talk during slaughter of the soul. I had to walk away. <laughs> Because just, oh my god! Dude, I wouldn't do. And I can't believe Jimmy. And I was like, yeah, I, fu- I can't fuck Jimmy, bitch! I'm out of here. Like I can, I paid good money to listen to this show. I'm not going to listen to Jimmy. So, but yeah, it was just those are my only gripes about that show. I mean, Behemoth though, due to some of the songs that they played that I do love. I can't think of the names of them right now, especially some of the ones off of the new album, um, like two and uh, three. And then they played some songs off the... Those were all awesome. And the crowd was, you know, into that. It was just some of the first... Some of their more atmospheric, you know, their... Let's pray the Satan stuff. songs. Yeah, those songs. Yeah. And the dude, the headdress. Mm. He's a little... He's... Nurgle's getting a little... The, the head... The <laughs> one that he wore that looks like a fucking... I don't know, like some Egyptian shit. It was just... A little much for you? <laughs> just a little bit. I don't he's know. a
0: showman, that's for he's sure. You gotta, yeah. yeah I don't sh-
2: know. When we saw him live,
0: I really liked it, but I don't remember anything like that. It was more just the evil, dark It was just, yeah. yeah, Which I actually really dug. Th- it was I cool. Think to, it was, I like that when you see something banned live. but
2: Yeah, it was the headdress from the Bell video. If you've seen mm. that the music video, it was that headdress. So, it, dude, it's like gem encrusted and shit. It's just mm. a little... I don't know. I thought it was a little much...
1: Hmm. because then again he gets a new look every album and they do uh, kind of move between goofy and cool like you're
2: right you're right (laughs) yeah well it's getting to the point where i'll be honest with you like they do all those fucking costume changes and all that bullshit i could have heard two more at the gates song like that's where (laughs) that's no joke dude where my head was like they played with with all like that's just what i was thinking of man i'm sitting there and it's like because it's not, it takes them a minute, like it's like 30 seconds in between songs where they're either doing this or doing that or building some ambiance. I could have heard At The Gate songs. But Jason, what well, about you? You went to a concert. What do you have for us?
0: I did. I went to a few of them. The last one I was at was uh Revocation with Exhumed and who the hell else was playing? Oh, Rivers of Nile. Yeah, Oh, shit.
2: yeah, yeah.
0: And um, dude, it was just a really, really good show all around. And uh if anybody gets a chance to see Rivers of Nile they sound just as good live as they do on CD and they played a ton of new shit. Um, they played Sam baptism from the last album. So Damn. just, you know what I mean? Just solid. And it was one of those situations where the sound guy was amazing. It was a small venue. Everybody was into it. And then exhumed comes out. And if you've never seen exhumed live, you know, they mm-hmm. have the the surgeon out there with the fucking guitar. That's like, uh, got sparks flying off it or a chainsaw with sparks flying off it or whatever. And just, like, again, like you were talking about in Fury having a ton of fun. Matt Harvey, dude, (laughs) just looks like he's having a ball. Like, just looks like a 12-year-old up there, just, like, his his first show. And, yeah, just having a fucking ball up there. And then uh, Revocation came up, and I had never seen Revocation live. And I got to say, I'm a bigger fan after seeing them live. They played a ton of stuff off the new album, which I really like. And fucking Dave, dude, he just... He's...
2: Dude, especially uh, fucking playing the guitar, too. Like, yeah, he's he's shredding leads sometimes singing. I'm like, what the fuck? And it comes through with such power. Like, he's a very talented musician. The whole he's band amazing. is talented, but he's amazing. I agree. Yeah.
0: yeah, fucking amazing. So, really, really dug that. And um, I, t- I did talk to Dave from Revocation. I know I'll throw that interview um, on another episode. And I talked to Brody again from Rivers of Nile. But probably going to make that one just for the Patreon members and uh, put that up there. So, if you guys want to hear that, jump over there. But... Yeah, it was just a really good show. I don't want to go into too much since I know you guys, you guys had some big shows and everything, but it was good. And then this Wednesday, it's going to be at the Gates... Just like you said, so yeah. I'll well, kind of get have, my take on fun, it. Have fun, brother. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. It's one of those big ones that
2: uh, yeah, stack lineup like.
0: Because I like Wolves in the Throne Room too, so it's just going to be all three. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be curious to see what the crowd's like for Behemoth. I'll have to let you know if like all the phones come out or, or yeah, people are dude, into
2: it. It was seriously like a fucking Metallica concert. Like no joke, <laughs> literally everybody just. You never pulled. know. Maybe it's an it Atlanta a, thing. Maybe Detroit will be better. Maybe I mean that, uh, Yeah, I mean we're soft down here especially <laughs> the, the metal scene the metal scene's a little soft yeah so. you,
0: you guys have the nice weather year round you yeah. guys get softer we're up Dude, here in detroit you know it's right already now, man it's like 45
2: it sucks oh uh-huh. well
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: still
2: yeah.
0: all right well go ahead and uh stay tuned for that interview with gorod i forget the vocalist's name at the moment but uh he was really really cool i remember we he was in like a cafe in france (laughs) (laughs) so of course um (laughs) it was a little bit loud but he really just it was a fun interview and even if you don't know the band we kind of just talked about his history with metal talked about the france uh music scene and
2: who did you talk to julian
0: yeah julian that's his name
2: yeah julian nuts
0: yeah could have talked to him a lot longer he was a really really cool guy so uh yeah enjoy that but um i guess that's another episode of into the combine i am jason
2: i'm shoddy
1: i'm phil <laughs> <laughs> thank phil, you so much for staying. For being thank with you us. very much yeah, phil oh yeah, everyone thanks for having me uh you guys right.
2: stay fucking metal
0: man well um let's start to, you know gorod is one of my uh, favorite as far as the technical type of bands you know i don't want to just say tech death because yeah you know i, I don't want to lump it into just that realm you know what i mean
4: yeah yeah sure because yeah the, this is the scene this is our niche in the end because the band got famous because of this kind of playing. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah
0: yeah but what um what for you like what was your beginnings with metal like how did you discover it you know what was your first couple albums that that drew you to metal
4: for me, as a listener to metal, uh, actually, I have a kind of weird course, I would say, because, yeah, for first I was more listening to, you know, psychedelic rock from the 70s. So that was my first thing. Okay. So I, I did already first enjoy stuff like King Crimson, uh, Led Zeppelin, and all the, uh, the scene around it. So the, most of the English and a bit of the U.S. scene. But I directly stepped into the extreme metal. Because, for example, the three first album I bought in metal was the first album of Brutal Truth. Uh, the mm. second one of Cannibal Corpse, butcher at Birth, and uh, uh, and probably Arise of Sepultura. Okay. <laughs> so it was my so I, I didn't get through the um, classical way, you know, like a Metallica and Heavy Metal and stuff like that. Because for me, Metal, in, uh, just my personal taste, I already jumped directly into real Extreme Metal. So Extreme Death Metal and Black Metal and grindcore. That was my first step. This is how I was introduced to it. And I discovered... Funny. Extreme fast blast beat and stuff. Actually, the first brutal truth finally was something for me decent in metal, because I I completely disliked metallica and stuff like that because for me it was kind of poppy music. So I'd rather listen to rock, real rock music, or so, uh, old seventies rock, than to the metal of the eighties. So it means that the I completely switched the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's funny. You never really hear someone going head first right to that.
4: Yeah, that that's it. this is uh, how it happened for me. <laughs> this is how it
0: so, as far as so you went right into the brutal stuff, did that ever change I mean, because you, you're in a very technical band now. Were you drawn to that type of playing or that type of music too?
4: You mean in what way? Like if it changed something like discovering this or
0: Well, I just mean like so you started with a lot of that early brutal stuff Extreme yeah. music, and then what about like the technical type of metal? When did you start getting into that?
4: At the, at the very beginning, actually, because yeah, when I discovered this kind of extreme bands, not that later. I think that my greatest revolution was when Cryptopsy released Whisper Supremacy, mm. so we can consider it as technical, I guess, because yeah, it's sure. extremely complicated. This is one of my first really extreme technical record I used to listen And also, for sure, which was released the same year, Killing on Adrenaline of Dying Fetus. Mm. It was the first time I could hear some riff, riffing composed with only sweeping. So that was kind of the first. Yeah. Okay. So I started with, with it. Yeah. These were my... I can say cryptops. Suffocation cannot be considered as technical because more... Straightforward, but yeah, probably Cryptopsy going fuse. And also, uh, the next revolution has to be uh, when I listen to the first EP of Dillinger Escape Land.
3: Mm, it was sure. released
4: also in 98, and I listened to the song Ape the Cop, and it starts already with a singer singing on a solo, and it's completely weird with, with structure. So for me, it's a both combination of this kind of... When uh, hardcore became super extreme, like the New Jersey scene, like Dillinger Escape Land and uh, Early Converge. And also, sure, uh, Cryptopsy and Dying feeders. Yeah, This was my first step into it.
0: Okay, it's interesting. So, so you're from France. What was the scene like over there when you were discovering all these bands?
4: To be honest, during that time, the, the late 80s and the, uh, the first year of 2000s, there was almost no band scene. So it was kind of impossible. For example, I, I played in other bands, which were named Zubrovska. And we were playing a sort of, we wanted to mix sense of technical death metal and uh, weird, noisy hardcore. And we were one of the only ones making it in our wow. entire area. Because that was not, um, we, actually in our place during the, the year 2000, people were more connected with new metal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this way of new metal was really terrible in France. I, actually, I, I enjoyed it because I really enjoyed the two first albums of Korn, And that was really something... Great for me too, but, and sure, I'm also a good old fan of Rage Against the Machine, so everything that is kind of mixed is my stuff too, but the problem here in France, this kind of stuff was not developed. It came really later. So, yeah. but actually, my favorite scene has always been the scene of Montreal and in Canada and in, and in the U.S. Yeah. And, uh, and in the third step, in a more melodic way, the Swedish scene. So this is what we used to listen when we were kids. But we were not listening to a single French band at all. Wow. And we had actually to be to sum it up pretty well, we had an expression back in the day. And if we are listening to a band that sounds really sloppy, shitty with no ideas, with no inspiration, we say, Oh, this sounds really (laughs) Frenchy And this is an expression that we were using. So yeah. There was a time that the scene was not going, I mean, after the wave of you know, Loud Blast and mass- Massacre, was one of the greatest, after this, there was no real bands who were really carrying the scene, and now I think that things, things have completely changed. So, finally, we have a really decent scene, but yeah, when I was a kid, no French band, unfortunately. Even. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that had to be frustrating. It was probably hard to see live shows or go out to concerts.
4: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It used to be The only ones who playing this kind of stuff, you feel kind of alone, yeah. but... I mean, yeah, back in the day, Tech Death Mail was super, super rare here. So there was like maximum one or two shows a year, but not more. And everything wow. was in Paris. Most of the shows in France were in Paris. And we are in the south, so we are pretty far. So if we want to visit some shows, we had to go there. But the problem is the region, we had almost nothing. So we were handling ourselves with friends. So in the end, it was kind of easygoing, <laughs> I would say.
0: Yeah. What about nowadays? Is, it, is the scene a lot bigger?
4: much, much, much bigger. It's impossible to compare it before than it used to be. There are much more bands, and also the level of execution is much more, really better. I mean, most of the bands are playing tighter and tighter now. Probably also the generation of, yeah, the internet generation helps a lot. Because for example, back in the day, we, you could have just lesson of a guitar player that was actually not playing your musical style, and you have to develop, to develop it yourself. Just mm-hmm. by listening to the records and trying to find out how it's played. But nowadays you just type something on YouTube and you know how to do the sweeping of the whole album of the faceless, for example. So, For example, I, I am living with a younger dude than me, who share the same flat. And he. this is the way he was learning guitar. His first album he went into was The Planetary Duality, And he was just putting it, Googling it on YouTube and just showing all the, how how is it playing? And so in two years, you could know how to play it, but for my time, all the time, it was impossible to know this kind of technique. And so it took a longer way. So so for sure, I think that the level, thanks to that, has so much increased that the kids are playing in a so high-skilled way. And this is how what we noticed. Actually, we had a discussion with um, the main composer, Matthew and uh, Gorod. And we say that the new bands who are coming are getting playing faster and faster, much more technical, and then the level starts to be Relent see unstoppable I would say. Yeah, yeah. you feel like all, all dudes now playing Snow Rock <laughs> compared to the new generation that is coming. So <laughs> I think yeah, most of the scene is like this. Even so, when I gonna see local shows now, even in my region, the level are is like tighter and better and they please so cleaner than we used to play. We we were really punks compared to the actual scene. I would say yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> is there um is there any certain element To the French sound, is there any certain thing that you could put your finger on as an identifying factor? Like, I know I had talked to some guys in some Australian bands, and they said they had a very, I don't give a fuck, kind of an attitude to their sound. Or, you know, different areas have their own sound. Is there anything you would think that uh, France has its own
4: so uh, I would, so now I will to try to use my historian point of view <laughs> okay, <laughs> because uh, France has always been like a crossroad of the entire Europe, you know It's at the extreme west, so only open on the, uh, on the ocean and the sea, and have connection with a lot of the rest of the country. so the commerce have already existed. So we are kind of real cross culture. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that in the nineties, and late 90s, we didn't had any specific personality and we were trying to look at everything abroad. And now it took years and years and the result is kind of, I think, a mixture of the entire worldwide scene. I was the entire Europe scene because we have, not in the French sound, I'm not sure we have a real typical French touch, but the French touch is a result of this mixing of everything. Hmm. And also, during the 90s, one of the main influence of most of the bands here were the U.S. in the end. Today. And that's the that's the actual truth. The U.S. and Canada were that were all considered as the best metal bands. They, this was the example for all the kids and for everyone that started to play metal. Yeah. And now it is changing a bit because they finally started to develop something. But by, by being influenced by it, but thanks to the other influence we can find in the east, in the north, in the south, and all the different kind of culture we have, then the result is kind of creating something unique but this unique thing is just a result of a huge cross culture i would say yeah. so then it can start to be considered as the french touch this is the this is not something that's coming directly from the country this is the result of communication i would say this is in my opinion <laughs> only that yeah sure now, now it can be considered as something personal because this is so mixed uh, such a mixture of many things and that is it starts to be homogeneous i would say step by step First, it, it was uh, like uh, chaotic. Next year, and then it starts to be more homogeneous. And then we can start to call it into kind of French touch, probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's cool to see nowadays when you have bands that are French bands influencing a lot of American bands like you guys yeah. or like Gojira or Death Spell or Omega. You know, bands that are really influencing so, the rest of the world at this point.
4: And absolutely. And you know, Gojira, we know them for a long time because they're also originally from the Southwest. For, so for the same region as us, mm-hmm. and ba- back in the day, they had one of the two greatest influences were First Your Death and Morbid Angel, and this is so easy to read, if you listen to the first album of Gojira, Terra Incognita, you oh, yeah. can hear so clearly the Morbid Angel uh, uh, influence, and they, they have never been uh, hiding it. They are always saying, "Yeah, Morbid Angel was one of the favorite band of the bands," and they wanted to make something that sounded like Morbid Angel. But step by step, years by year, they were kind of appropriating it. Yeah, they were finally making something personal with this huge influence. And also, if you listen at the two first demo tape of Godzilla, that uh, were Godzilla back in the day, it sounds like a, just like a old school death, uh, the album Human or Symbolic. This is so near to that, but then they, they develop their own stuff and so that's the result of this kid's influence and then it became theirs. Right. But for sure they, they had influence like every artist had influence. No one creates something like like a genius out from nowhere or <laughs> or out of from his hole or for in his workshop and seeing yeah. nothing of, of That's I don't believe in this. I, I think agree. we always <laughs> all the artists are kind of big sponges who are just impregnating everything uh, that is around them. And Gojira is a good example of that, because the beginning was could sound like a, a copy of Morbi Angel, the French copy of Morbi Angel, and now it's something else. But they have been developing years, and this is just one example among many others. And I think so. that's the same for all the other bands, like the other the other names you mentioned before.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's for sure. So I know you mentioned you're you're involved in history and art and that sort of thing. Yeah. Does that play a big role in your lyrics? Absolutely,
4: yes. Yeah. Actually, art history, exactly. So okay. I've been st- studying painting, and I've been specialized. I made my master's degree on the painting around the year 1900 in Europe. And then gets more specialized in Czech Republic. Mm. So probably you know the painter Alphonse Mucha, and no. this yeah, So this painter has is a huge influence in Art Nouveau in, uh, in new art. And um, maybe you know uh, Baroness. Yeah, yeah, event, yeah, yeah. Uh, the um, uh, the guitar player and singer jo- uh, John Dyer Beasley. For sure, is yeah. Name. He's making a lot of artwork. For many other bands, and his biggest influence, for sure, is Alphonse Mucha. Is this okay, painter? Okay. Okay.
3: Interesting. So there
4: is a big link of it, and the more you are going to museum, the more you see this kind of links, and and so for sure there is a, a connection between you know, visual arts and music and stuff because uh, they are always been working uh, all together because. For example, Alphonse Mucha, this painter, was is famous for uh, posters remains. and the poster was actually advertising for exhibition, for shows, and any other shows like theater show. It could have been concerts. So there have always been a connection with it. So probably they are still exploring for sure it. So for me, it plays an important role because when I listen to music, I see arts or visual art or topic, you know, the, the different topics in the history, and yeah, for sure, metal, other um, rock and roll scene we been also very fascinated by the, everything that is about mystical things, like religions and other cults uh, and you know, everything that can be around, and for sure, for example, the newest album talks about um, worldly devotion, and this time it will be about the moon, for example, but yeah, this I think that's music. And are connected with the history, art, and culture, and for sure, beliefs that all the men have worldwide.
0: <laughs> yeah. What was it about the moon? Why did you want to tackle that subject?
4: I actually, I chose this topic because I was looking for something that could be um, gathering everyone in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's something that talks to anyone. And for sure, the moon is a devotion that exists in every part of the world, in every population, in any tribe and through any ages. Anyone so has a culture has something with the moon because when you look at the sky, this is the biggest thing you see during night, for sure. Because, for example, the sun, the sun is impossible to contemplate it because you are burning your eyes or whatever. But the moon during night, you can take hours to watch it. And for sure, the, the more time you take staring at the moon, then you can feel like sometimes being, how can I say, um, uh, charmed and uh, like, enchanted by it and then probably from this comes so many different devotion and in every culture there is a god of the moon and the moon is playing an important role also probably a physical one on the harvest on the many things and and also on the cults, on the different cults. so i thought that the moon can be a common point for any human on earth kind of and so um i wanted to choose this one because yeah this is i believe that anyone any single man or men or women in this earth have a personal story or a global story with the moon. <laughs> yeah,
0: we can all connect to it. That's that's a good point.
4: That's it. I mean, not only astronomy, but more, more uh, everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Okay, so uh, with this new album, did you guys yeah. have anything in mind when you were writing it that uh, you wanted to accomplish specifically, you know, maybe different from the last one? Or did you guys just start writing and see, you know, see what would happen.
4: So this album was kind of special and it was exactly the same process like not the previous album but the the other one, which was a perfect absolution, Mm -hmm. so the album number four. And the same process was emergency. We had no time at all. So we had (laughs) to create songs super fast and this is only spontaneous thing. And for example the previous one Amaze of Recycle Creed we had time to make it we took one, more than 1 year and a half mm-hmm. to make the entire album and this time was the fastest I guess when Matthew started to create the first riff it was probably in the ends of and on November or December of 2016 and I finished my the vocal tracking the first week of April wow so it's like 4 months uh, approximately four months between the first riff, riff composed to the ends of the vocal tracking.
0: <laughs> wow.
4: So, yeah, we made it 10 tracks in four months in its entirety. I mean, the composition, tracking and everything, arrangements and stuff. So, I think the process explains a lot, many things. We had no time to, no step backwards. We had no nothing. We just made everything spontaneous. And so, in this way, you always take the first idea. Even if it's something that sometimes that hasn't to go to a technical death album, never mind, we have to keep it <laughs> and we save it. And so everything was uh, composed in a very straight line. And so this is pr- probably why the, it's it still sounds complicated because Macho is composing and Macho is listening to complicated music. But old complicated music, I would say, m- mostly music from the 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a, lo- a big fan of uh, John McLaughlin, Aldi Meola, and, you know, this kind of guitar players and Chicoria for sure, and you know the uh, kind of j- jazzy stuff, King Crimson. So it's kind of natural for him to compose this stuff, so he doesn't need time to make stuff that someone gets. But this is the result of something completely spontaneous, and this is why it probably is... To, in my opinion, it's a bit more open than the previous record, because we hadn't time to sort anything out. <laughs> so this is a, a mixture of all the first ideas that they came out. And for example, even uh, for the vocal patterns and the vocal choice, I composed, f- f- some of the lyrics were written during the recording. Sometimes wow. I had just like, I, I had one sentence, of which, which sentence would I choose? Okay, I will write it. I was sending a text to a friend of mine who is proofreading everything, just texting girl. like, uh, is it is this sentence okay? Because I need this vocal rhythm to be, okay, it's okay. Then it's recorded. <laughs> and then this wow. is what you hear now.
0: That's kind of cool. I mean, because, yeah, it's kind of a cool, almost experiment to hear how it, just a more natural, fast-paced... Instead of over analyzing yeah. and going back over parts, that's a, that's a cool way to do it.
4: I think so. This a spontaneity is something that is missing to this kind of music that is super intellectual, I would say, you know, yeah. because in tech death metal, I think you are we want to intellectualize everything and it has everything has to be at its place, you have to learn it for what. And then, you know, it was composed like one shot, like more, you know, like an old school rock fans more in this way not exactly because we have other technologies that helps because we can do a pre-prod post-prod and stuff like this but yeah this is a completely different way to make it
3: <laughs> yeah so
4: in this is,
0: so. well it turned out great i got to finally listen to the whole thing last night and uh, i'm really liking it so far man that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. oh. all right julian well i really appreciate the interview man